Kenny Loggins. You know, when you hear that sound, it's got to be Friday morning about 10 o'clock. Where's your bell? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. It's Friday. It's 10 a.m. And you're listening to WMNF Radio, Down and Dirty. My name is Mario Nunez. I'm seated along the side. I'm not alongside, but I'm across the desk from... Looking lovingly at you. Yes, gazing, gazing. <laughs> John Dinkbutter, good morning, Mario. Good morning to you, John. Good morning. It's uh, it's quite the lovely morning outside, yes? Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Cool? Be- beach weather. But it'll be warm. And you know what it is? It's Florida State fair weather, uh, my man. Did that start yesterday? Just yesterday. Yeah. yeah. We love, had Love we, the fair. We had uh, the, the uh, a, a, a certain governor. Uh, from a certain state. Don't care that much was, for that part was, of the was, Yeah, was here yesterday, and apparently everybody showed up to kiss the ring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, But I didn't. I, I was going to boo a couple years ago because mo- other governors who show up for a governor's day at the fair yes. talk about pigs and cows and chickens and Feeder, things like that. steer calves and, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. This particular governor, at least a few years ago when I was there last, had to talk politics and how Washington was horrible and how he was going to fix things and this and that. And it's kind of like, no, Governor, you missed the point. Yeah. This is a nonpartisan event at Governor's Day. Keep it to fair. corn dogs and cotton candy, bro. You can't go wrong. I know. I don't know why he does that, but whatever. Well, we do know. We have a special guest today. Actually, a couple of them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. One is uh, soon to be here. Yeah, one, is, one is in route. He's and he's on, on route. and Driving and, as fast as he can to get here presently. And that's Alan Clendenin, city, Tampa City Councilman. He's going to talk to us about transit and the trolley. Preservation. Uh, preservation, growth management, important things like that. But in the meantime, not to say that this guest is not important. And but, in between time. But we have a very special guest, my brother, William Michael Dingfelder, also known as Bill Dingfelder, in from Philadelphia. Billy D., right? Uh, Billy uh, D. He, he gave me a ride over to the station. And Billy little, D. little did he know we were going to drag him in on the microphone. Good morning, Bill Dingfelder. Good morning. And I just wanted to say that every state fair features a jackass, apropos to what you were talking about. Nice. He's, a, he's getting down and dirty right quick. Right quick. Good job, Bill. Good job. Huh? William, Welcome to our uh, humble little show. Uh, I, I, uh, Mario, uh, as I said this morning, my brother Bill makes you look conservative. Nice. Well, he's my kind of guy then. You know what I'm saying? What did you say this morning about progressive being progressive, Bill? Yeah, pro- pro- progressive is, is too conservative for me. <laughs> See? Oh, boy. And Bill, so tell us where, where you uh, reside these days. Okay, so I live in Philadelphia, and I've lived up north for, for some time. I uh, lived in Philly for decades, and, um, and I love it. I'm married and have, uh, you know, three kids and four grandchildren, the whole bit. So you've made your life in Philly? Yeah, so far. Yeah. After spending the, the, home of, the home of Terry Gross. Yeah. Oh, she's wonderful. Yeah, Let's hear it for Terry Gross. So, so we, um, we know that you spent a, a good, goodly portion of your youth right here in Tampa. Yes. Uh, and, you're, and you and your brother, I'm sure, were running the streets and having a good time. Did you do also, you did the thing in Jersey as well, correct? Yeah, actually, I um, had more fun in Tampa because I was here from uh, birth until age 13. Nice. So that was 1952. You can figure out my age for those good at mental math uh, until 1965. And, yes, the kids controlled the streets. No, <laughs> I ran everywhere. Yeah, yeah Bill, I remember Bill this. Was, <laughs> Bill was part of a, a gang of, of, of uh, delinquents uh, <laughs> right there by Plant High School. Southsiders. We, yeah, yeah we, we, Southsiders. Lived, we lived on Barcelona, and his gang was basically Barcelona and Palmyra, and there was about a half dozen of them, and they <laughs> They ruled, they ruled those streets. Yes, us and our bicycles. <laughs> so you remember full well then because you're just the right age to have remembered Shock Armstrong and Friday nights at uh, WTVT, I'm guessing. Yeah, actually, uh, Andy Hardy, he did the weather back then. 
And uh, he was the uncle of a friend of mine, you know, and my father helped him get the job. We, we know yeah. because little brother has told that story <laughs> sure before. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great story. Yeah. No, we, and we end the show a lot of times with a salute and happy days. So we keep that tradition alive here at uh, salty, Down and Dirty. Salty Saul. Oh, yeah, Salty Saul for sure. The whole Fleischman family, we, you know, Marty and, and, his, and Saul Jr. So, yeah, they, they're Tampa icons, that family for sure. It was fun growing up back then, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I remember in the summers, uh, you know, my sister used to go to a sleepaway camp in North Carolina, but I, did, I was not a camp kind of guy, you know, and so... Um, Unless camp involved uh, indoor plumbing and air conditioning. I'm yeah. just guessing. I'm camp- camping, you know. Maybe room service. <laughs> yeah. No, he was rebellious but, even then. Yeah. So he didn't want to... He didn't want somebody... I didn't want to go to camp. A mosquito net? What, yeah. are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I didn't go to camp, but my mom said, oh, that's fine. You can be here with your friends all summer. But if if you say you're bored one time, mm-hmm. you got to go to camp next year. Mm-hmm. I said, deal. And I made a point of not doing it. I had it written on my hand. Don't say Never bored. Never say you're bored. <laughs> the, big, the big excursion I remember for us was, uh, was going uh, bike riding up to Britain Plaza. And of course, I was the little guy, um, but uh, just tailing along behind my big brother. What's really bad is, is you can't see, but, but Bill has a full head of hair and, and looks four years younger than me, even though he's four years older than me. So that kind of pisses me off. Well done, Billy. Well done. <laughs> I'm going to have to take the fifth on that for the sake of family relations. But uh, no, we enjoyed I'm it. guessing that's some of that uh, Philly cheese steaks that you're having up there. They're just agreeing with you so much. Are you are you a sports fan, Bill? I mean, I'm just meeting you as well today. But, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to of, say this in Tampa, but you I'm can. a big Eagles fan. Well, go fly, Eagles, fly. Hey, fly, Eagles, fly. Listen. Yes. I mean, we eliminated, from, eliminated you guys from the playoffs this year, and that was a, a really yeah. nice win for us. But, you know, Philadelphia, the city is, uh, besides the history, of course, in the U.S., it has Great history with the sports teams as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, and if we're going to lose, when I reduce to Tampa, that I feel like I'm hedging win, my win. bets. Win-win. Win-win, yeah, brother. Absolutely. Come on. <laughs> I, Bill, Bill's son, is, my nephew, is over in Europe right now. But I was sure to text him and call him uh, during the Eagles game because he was actually watching at, what, 3 in the morning? And also an Eagles fan. No, no, hang right there, Bill. Hang right. Our guest has shown up. And I would just for those of you that are, are watching on the radio, how do you do that, Spaceship? How do you watch on the radio? <laughs> Our guest has entered the studio. But we, we wanted to complete the conversation, at least in brief, with uh, with Bill. And, and keep your headset on, partner, because you're welcome to join the conversation as well. Um, so, so how long are you going to be here? Uh, I'm going to be here till the end of the show, and then we're, we're <laughs> good, leaving. Good answer, good answer. <laughs> and then uh, my wife and I are going back to Philly on Saturday. Yeah, be- because I got to get home to watch the Super Bowl. His, my my sister-in-law Laura is an absolutely crazy sports fan, and she's got to get home for her Super Bowl party. Yeah, we have a party with about twenty people. And this oh, time. that's terrific! Yeah, it's fun. become that's another thing we talked about last week. the The theme of the show was holidays, but specifically we kind of drilled down a little bit on Groundhog Day because last week was Groundhog Day, and, and we know that Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow. For what that's <laughs> worth, he's right about 30% of the time, so early spring. But, you know, holidays have become really something like Halloween, for for example. You know, used to be the, it used to be when we were small, it was all about the kids going in the neighborhood. Now it's more an adult holiday, to be honest. And Super, and super Bowl Sundays are arguably one of the biggest holidays of the year oh yeah for sure and unofficially um, yeah and i remember you know being in, in tampa i mean all the boomers were in the streets we owned the streets on halloween you know i mean we went I, everywhere yeah it's true but you now- came home because your sack was so full you needed another sack to fill. you know what i mean pillowcases whatever you had right had to trade it out <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get okay. down to, down and down and dirty thank you, and down Bill. to business. And, no, no, no. <laughs> but stay right there. But thank you for being a placeholder for us. You were a very admirable placeholder, by the way. <laughs> okay, thanks. Wonder, wonderfully done. <laughs> okay.
All right. And we have another special guest here today, Alan Clendenins, Tampa City Council member. Uh, good morning, Alan. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Mario. Good morning, John. Alan. How good are you? Of mine. I'm doing well, considering the city council meeting ended at 4 a.m. this morning. 4 a.m. 4 a.m. We, we, we set a record. So, uh, so we were just looking at it on television up there. And there was a TV report. Was that all the Bayshore vote? Was that all the Bayshore hearing? Uh, no. We, uh, we, we had uh, a full agenda. The Bayshore uh, vote was just the last thing we dealt with. Four so how many, hours was the, how many hours was the Road of Shalom Bayshore vote? Uh, I think probably five and a half. Wow, maybe maybe a little bit more. Alan, but you know, we also had CRA meetings. We started at nine o'clock yesterday morning. I'll be happy to sign so your tardy slip. I'll be happy nine. to sign your tardy slip because four, that's an excused absence. Four I mean, a.m. might be a record. I remember it is a record. It is a record. I remember three a.m., but I don't think I ever. No, four we, we, we set a record. We, we went we we went to the uh, the Holy Grail, uh, Charlie Miranda, who's who's been there since dirt since seventy two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he he. Definitely proclaimed, at least in modern history, that it's a record. I think we can talk about it just as a matter of fact, as a matter of history, because it's already done and the vote's taken. No, it's 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 still it was a quasi judicial. They they could have a right of appeal. So I can't talk about it for thirty. All right. Well, as a matter of just as a matter of record, it appears to me that city council voted down the Road of Shalom proposal, related group proposal, to put a three hundred forty-five foot. Uh, high rise there behind Road of Shalom. That's just as a matter yes. of fact. And a vote was five to two. Five to two. Okay. All right. Well, we'll move on from there. That's not what we're. I just have talk one more about, question yeah. relative to the four a.m. situation. Yes. What happens? I mean, that's countless bathroom breaks. But I mean, you know. By, by the way, I get a, I get a message on my phone at ten thirty p.m. telling me that it's my bedtime. Oh, so. <laughs> oh you blew right through that stuff. Right. Six myself hours later, and just about everybody else, because you're looking around the room. It's a lot of boomers, and you know, there's yeah, a, yeah. You, you don't you don't see a lot of party animals people, in a city council Alan, chamber. People I, nodding. You and I are about the same age. I thought yeah. you, you had your phone set as to when you had to go to the bathroom. Oh, that well, <laughs> you know, my body tells me that frequently. And so and so when you know, obviously, there, you know, you could have a low blood sugar episode. You're sitting there at the dais for hour after hour. Do you get up and kind of have a little snacky thing in the back? We, we, we what have, do you do? Uh, our uh, Lisa Edwards, our chair's uh, legislative assistant. Sure. Took very good care of us, and she made sure there was food back there. For Shout folks. out to Lisa because well, that's the MVP of last night's oh, event. One hundred percent. And you know what? The last thing you want is people to be tired and hangry. So mm. it's you know the, it, because it takes a lot of patience to sit through a, a, three minutes it, and three minutes. The and best three minutes of and three city minutes. council meetings takes a lot of patience, <laughs> as uh, the honorable John Dinkoffer can attest <laughs> to. No, yeah. So oh, yeah, it, and. and I remember we had one or two council members who, after midnight, literally, you'd look over and their eyes would be closed. Uh, yeah, we did. We didn't have that last night. It was a fairly robust meeting. Everybody was everybody engaged. was engaged yeah. to the very end. And, well, that's good. And you know, we we all took it very seriously. There was, you know, and it's one thing that my observation. You know, I, I was elected for the first time last May, so I won't necessarily say I'm new now because May seems it seems like I've been there for a century already. <laughs> But one thing I've observed is the issues in Tampa are not getting any easier. Oh, God, no. You know, as we grow, it's becoming more and more complex. Every meeting has some very deep and complex issues with, with a lot of ramifications, uh, both financial and for the folks that live here. Uh, it's, it's environmental issues and, and, and growth issues and transportation issues. And these, these things are just getting just... They pile and, up, and, don't they? And, and, and you know, and, and so you have a, a full agenda of let's say 15 items on, on, on an average agenda. 
And that's all, just that's just a land use. Yeah, exactly. All, all 15 of those are, are substantive. So when you think if you're going to really truly sit there and listen, seven people sit there and listen to all of the evidence, and you're listening to 15 of them, it to really give them the full hearing that they deserve to be able to really weigh everything out. You almost have to take them individually. It's 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 honestly it's it's. It's, it's a lot. It's, you, it's an awful lot. You never really know which ones are going to be tough and long and which ones are going to be, you know, relatively easy. Yeah, unfortunately, and, most of them are tough and long anymore. <laughs> it's, the, the easy, the easy low-hanging low fruit is, is few and far between. Anymore. The, the issues are because we, as we grow, there's, there's less and less, you know, it's, it's like a big open pasture in the beginning when you have all these opportunities and people look. You know, so, you know, it wasn't that many years ago we were scrambling, looking, begging people to come to Tampa to build, begging, yeah. th- begging folks to do certain things in Tampa. Now we're more controlled growth. Now we're trying to be very selective. We don't have the room. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the money. You got to pull that drug shoot a little yeah, bit exactly, to slow things down. Exactly. Using that same analogy, the, back then the cows had plenty of room to graze and they didn't, right. they didn't necessarily bicker with each other. But as you get more and more dense, the bickering increases. And part of where I'm but headed... But enough about public comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, where I'm headed with that is, is you've got very active neighborhood groups who don't necessarily appreciate a particular development. And I'm sure they were there last night for various items. And they speak their mind, which is right, because that's democracy. And, and uh, some people call them NIMBYs. You've got NIMBYs, which is not in my backyard, versus YIMBYs, which is yes in my backyard. And by the way, next week's show uh, is exactly about that. We're going to have Nathan on talking mm-hmm. about YIMBY. We're going to have some neighborhood groups on talking about NIMBY. And uh, I think it's going to be a good a good show. Mario, what do you got? Well, I just want to remind everybody that this is an interactive uh, call-in Democratic show. Democratic so, show. Yes, very much so. We want to encourage you to, if you have comment, questions, for any one of us here on the panel, give us a call, 813-239-9663. Email dj at wmnf.org. And you can text us, 813-433-0885. Operators are standing by, and I've got my eye on the t- on the computer monitor screen to uh, to make sure that when we get those calls and emails, we will forward them to Councilman <clears throat> and and uh, former Councilman Dinkfelder and present Councilman Clendenin. I never was a Councilman. I wish I was because I feel out of place here today. Friend of Councilman, brother of Councilman. Oh, man, they're all, we're all here, and Spaceship will even help us out if we need it. He's working the board today. So, Alan, um, you know what? Let's back up a few minutes. You you came out of a career of, of, of uh, air traffic control uh, many, many years ago. And I'm sure you've done a lot of other things. I know you were very active in the state party. Um, but um, so why city council? What, what got you there? You know, I've lived in Tampa. For, well, I, I was born in Florida. And we raised our kids together. Uh, yeah, exactly. Your, your daughter and my son grew up together. I've, I've lived, I was born in central Florida, moved to Tampa 40-ish years ago. And I've, you know, done a lot of things in my life. I was in, I was in well, at first I was a Jungle Cruise skipper at Disney World. So welcome aboard, Thrill Seekers <laughs> and Danger Lovers. Job. The best. Yeah, job. Was, you got was, a good voice it, for it. It was. It was. An, it was definitely an interesting job. Um, but then I, you know, went to school. I was going to be a geologist. Went from ge- that to becoming an air traffic controller. The natural progression. Uh, rocks in the head. You know that kind of go. thing. Uh, became a union activist with the Air Traffic Controllers Union. Uh, did a lot of labor uh, related issues. But I've always been involved in politics, even since I was a kid. I'm 15 years old, volunteering for my first campaign. And did a lot of behind-the-scenes things. So was that and, and Jimmy Carter? It was. There you go. And politically, uh, with the Air Traffic Controllers Union, I was uh, I ended up ultimately representing the Air Traffic Controllers Union nationally uh, and helping them with the lobbying efforts and, and getting uh, first employees in history, federal employees, 
to be able to negotiate salary and benefits. You so, probably have Ronald, Ronald Reagan's uh, picture above your uh, fireplace. Uh, shocking, so. I don't. With oh, some okay. dart board <laughs> <laughs> holes in the forehead. But we won't talk, talk ill about the dead. Yeah. Um, but so I've always been involved in politics. I never, ever, in fact, used, I used to tell people if you heard that I was running for something, you, you, know, you, you know, I've either lost my mind or, you know, just shoot me. Because, um, you know, I always felt like I was better at the behind the scenes helping other people get elected. And, yeah, I, I really got to the point that I looked at things that were happening in the city of Tampa. And I said, you know, I was I was retired from air traffic control. I had the time. I didn't, you know, I, I have a pension. I didn't need money. You know, I, I knew where my next meal was coming from and that I had a roof over my head. And I said, you know, I look around, I go, you know, if, if somebody like me is not going to do it, then who's going to do it? And I felt that... Um, there was a, a need on council, uh, specifically in the seat that I ran for, that, n- that needed some change, and so I, you know, I've, I've, I've you, as we just talked, I've got kids in the area. I've got uh, a grandchild, three year old grandchild that's grown, going to grow up and hopefully live and prosper in the city of Tampa. And I want to make sure this is a good place for her and everybody else that lives here. And uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll I'll spend you know another three and a half years there, and I'll. I'll do a good job. Can no, we, I, I, can we say? Can we ask uh, your your skill set specific to what you learned during your professional air traffic controller career? It's got to be able to help you a little bit navigate when all of these things are coming at you once. If you got to rack them, stack them, as they used to say. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm guessing that you better than most can compartmentalize some of these things. And it does it does it help you? Do you feel like you can draw on some of that? I think so. I think at part of age and the background of air traffic, I think it it helps. Try, I try. Organize. I I try to have a level head with things and and not get Calm. too not get too emotional with when things. Even though sometimes it's internalized, so it, it eats away at your stomach. But you I know, don't watch much council anymore. But I have heard Alan that you are the the calm voice, the level voice on on city council, and I think that's important. Um, I think there's, it's important to have the loud, you know, emotional voices sometimes. Um, but I think it's good to have the somebody like yourself being you know being the steady calm, hand steady hand the father the father figure mm-hmm. perhaps oh god well at least you didn't say grandfather I figure so well although i am a grandfather yes, you so are. i can't, I can't yes, take offense to that too much <laughs> there yeah. you go but you know i i think you're right charlie's think, the grandfather I, I think i yes <laughs> uh, if he was here i'd say something other something else but i won't say it with him not being here um i think that every every organization needs the spectrum and even like within the community, you need people that push the limits and boundaries that people that maybe I don't necessarily agree with, but it leads to, you know, if, 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 if ideas do not go un, uh, unchallenged or go unchallenged, then mistakes are made. So even the folks that you don't agree with, they contribute because they, they make you challenge your own assumptions. So when we're dealing with this in like, let's say public comment or, um, the thousands of emails and calls that you get, you know, I read them all, by the way. Uh, it's, I may not agree with a lot of what I see, but at least I'm, I'm second guessing and I go back and I do a, a check on myself of have I really looked at this the way I need to be looking at it? Is there something that I'm missing? And so I think that, again, in society and work and everything we do, you need the full spectrum of of people and issues to be able to make good decisions. Well, for those of you tuning in, we've got uh, Tampa City Councilman uh, Alan Clendenin has joined us today in the studio. We're talking about growth management. We're talking. To, we're going to talk about transit. We're going to talk about the trolley, et cetera. Maybe even a little preservation. Give us a yeah. call if you've got a question for Alan or you got a comment, uh, 813-239-9663. And uh, Alan, so we've got 
you know, something we can't control. I love it when people come up and say, why do we let people keep moving into our community? You know, well, that's America. People can move wherever they want. Can't put up a wall at the Georgia line. And we've got thousands and thousands coming to Hillsborough County and, and, and the city of Tampa. Um, I don't know, monthly, annually, whatever the number is, but it's a lot of people coming. So what's the solution, Alan? What, where, where do we put them? Do we, you know, and, that, and how do we do it with the least amount of negative impact on the folks that are already here? You know, uh, forgive the bad pun, but all roads lead to transportation. And it's, it's the expansion of transportation is the solution to so many of the problems that we're, we all see in our community every day. And I, I say that across the spectrum. We all know how difficult it is now moving about around the city. I mean, even coming to the studio today, how difficult it is to navigate the streets now with either construction projects or just, just, just the volume of vehicles on the road. And then when you get into our, our, our neighborhood and, and feeder roads, the mix of traffic between bicycles and motorcycles and scooters can be and, treacherous yeah, and, 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 pedest- can be and, pe- and pedestrians. So, so all, all, all the solutions that I see amongst many of the problems that we have, including housing is not necessarily housing. It's transportation. If we can, if we can fix our transportation issues, we can improve folks quality of life. We can, uh, build where we need to build in the city of Tampa, where we have we have a lot of areas of the city of Tampa that we still can grow into. We can stop stressing out some of the neighborhoods that have experienced too much growth and, and, and really impeded upon their quality of life, that we've overcrowded some schools and we've left others that we've closing. Um, we can, the some of the housing costs, if we can, if we can reduce the cost that people pay, exorbitant amount of folks, amount of money people pay for transportation, they can afford to pay more money for housing. Mm. So, it, you know, the, the, we have a finite amount of money that we bring into our, our checking account every month, right? Well, that 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 checking account, it doesn't matter that your credit union has to pay X amount, $60, and another amount, $40. If you can shift that around, you know, and save money on the transportation element, you know, the checking account is going to come out well, ahead. With inflation recently, yeah. that becomes even and, a bigger and, factor. And, and, go- and government can do something about transportation. There's, it's, it's kind of frustrating. And, and I know, I know uh, John, that maybe some of these issues, you know, we dealt with, I, I don't necessarily agree with some of the solutions that past councils have done and even this council is doing, like along the lines of housing. Because I feel like some, so many of these things are beyond the scope of the small city of Tampa. When it comes to the housing crisis, you know you're competing with the China's with China for building materials, and you know the the cost of uh, you know shipping things in from all areas of the world, the cost, the exorbitant costs of the. Well, are, give me an example of, of what you disagree with uh, that the city has been doing in regard to affordable housing. The city only has a small amount of money to throw it's, it's, toward affordable it's the housing. Drop in the bucket, and the, it's not the real solution. The solution is transportation. Low, we can lower, you know, the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people. The city can afford, and we can, uh, working with the county, working with the state, because I think there's some energy around transportation, we can actually solve some of the transportation, lower the cost of transportation for the average person's working. If you didn't have to have a car, 
Yeah. You didn't have a car payment. You didn't have to put gas. You didn't have to have insurance. The amount of time that you spend in your vehicle. Well, you um, serve on the heart board, I take I it? I do not. Oh, you don't? No. You serve on the trolley board or no? I do not. I'm just a, I'm just an, uh, an, you know, I'm air traffic controller. I'm, I'm, I'm in the transit, but. Uh, it, well, maybe, it, maybe they need to put you on, on well, lo- those boards. I'm on the TPO. I mean, which is a you know uh, Tampa, b- a bigger tam- tram- Tampa planning. transportation planning organization, right. uh, which is there's a lot of things happening with that as well. But um, I'm an advocate for transportation. I was a huge uh, advocate for all for transportation. The uh, the penny sales tax that what, passed and then failed. And, well, well, you know, <laughs> there's a long. You and I both know there's a long story about that. I think so. That going the, back 30 years ago, because mm-hmm. I know we were both here uh, 25 years ago, Ed Tarancic. Okay, as county commissioner, yeah, choo-choo, choo-choo, you know, had some great transit ideas. He brought, as a matter of fact, he even brought that that, uh, something sprinter. um, I wrote it. Yeah, so did I, as a demo, and and we rode from downtown to Hyde Park, Mm -hmm. and it's like, this is the rail, the rail is sitting here, We we can develop mass transit, what, 30 years ago. Okay, so here we are today still talking about it. What's the problem? Well, the, the problem was 30 years ago it wasn't ripe. I mean, 30 years ago, you and I both know I could move anywhere in Tampa in 15 minutes. <laughs> that, those days are long gone. So, you know, the issue wasn't ripe. People weren't ready for it. Um, we didn't have the population. We didn't have the density of development. We didn't well, have the vision because well, we should have known it was coming. Well, you know, but there's a lot of things, and, and you know, as far as funding, and again, limited amount of money. Think about what our budget was back then, too. Um, limited amount of money, limited amount of access. That 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 graph, we've crossed that little nexus. So we're we're past that now. We 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 have the density, um, we have the budget, we have the pain. People are experiencing the pain. Time is right, and you know that's it's a good transition moment to talk about what's what's the first. Well, you know what's first is the trolley. Since I was elected, I was a big advocate for um, expansion of the streetcar system. What we have now, which was visionary. And, and, and as much as people, if even the naysayers, I don't think anybody, the naysayers about the, the trolley at the time can argue of the economic impact of running that streetcar from Ybor City uh, through Channelside to the convention All center. Right, we put down the tracks. That's I mean, what's a big deal. Billions of dollars of development. Yeah. Billions of dollars of development. The density that we've created. Uh, and, the, and then just the ability to, to move. I mean, it's, it's one of the most uh, successful Streetcar lines in the United States of America. We're breaking records every quarter on that. It's it's a proven concept. So we have that. It was clear to me, you know, long before I was elected that we need to expand this concept. Now, is a streetcar system a solution for the entire city of Tampa or Hillsborough County? No. But it, it it's it's a great urban way of moving people uh, you know, and with a really from the core, the urban with a, core. With a reliable, predictable way of moving people. And right now, the, our pattern of development and growth from where we are in South Downtown, where the, the streetcar terminates, we have a, we have, we're building density through the downtown. I mean, anybody's been downtown Tampa recently, they see it. I mean, they see these things popping out of the ground and and reaching up into the sky, and and they're all getting they're all filling up. There's, and what is I, our official city bird now? Isn't it a crane? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, and maybe not so much right now because the cost of money. So I mean, we're not getting as many cranes as we were like a, a couple years ago, but we still have a lot of, that have already come out of the ground. But then you've got Tampa Heights, and, and, and then we've got this huge area of downtown, t- north downtown Tampa that has still got a lot of underdeveloped. You know, we see all that surface parking. We see a lot of property. Even the city of Tampa owns a lot of property in north downtown. So we have a lot of opportunity there. 
we can take the streetcar from, which we're doing, by the way. So when I first got in, the concept of the streetcar expansion was pretty much dead. We've breathed life back into it. We've pulled that body out of the out of the ground. We've put the electrodes on it. Some we've, compression. We've popped it. <laughs> Everybody, the mayor, uh, Hart, uh, FDOT, everybody's on board with the expansion. I'm real happy to, to report that today. So what the plan is, we're going to go from the where it terminates now at the southern terminus by the convention center. We're going to take the streetcar along Fort Brook on Florida, go all the way up Florida through downtown. Past Armature or to Armature? What we're working is to get it past um, Palm, go all the way up to almost Columbus. Nice. Turn west and then come back down Tampa Street and have it, you know, a big loop. So that is what that's going to provide when you think about that concept, that you have the streetcar from Ybor City through what's going to be Gas Works, which is a transitional project between and, you know, and really close to Encore as well. So from Ybor City, Encore, Gas Works, Channel, uh, Waterside, Channel Side, uh, the Convention Center, uh, the Aquarium, uh, the garages that we have downtown so people can park and, park and ride. The port? All, the port. All the way through downtown, through Tampa Heights, Armature Works, and all the potential of density of development along this line. And when you talk about People that, are going to be able to live and work anywhere in our urban core right. and not have, just with this expansion, they're going to almost be within walking distance anywhere you are between Ybor City and Tampa Heights. Does that and take it, care of the first mile, last mile? Because that's what a lot of people well, are always well, it, clamoring about. D- darn near, and with some other creative op- uh, opportunities, we're going to be able to do that. But this is going to be the urban spine that we build the nervous system off of. Nice. So, you know, rapid bus transit. Um, anything, any of the future of light rail that comes, if we're able to parlay any of the CSX tracks, if they abandon, you know, th- these things come and go as far as rumors. But, you know, we're, we're going to be able to build this. When Brightline comes in, they're going to drop into Ebor City. What is Brightline now? What's that? What is Brightline for our audience? For our listeners that aren't oh, familiar. Brightline is the, uh, I won't call it a high-speed train. It's a, it's, it, it's a fast train. That goes from uh, right now. They've uh, had the inaugural legs this year from uh, South Florida, all the way up to Orlando International Airport. The next leg is from Orlando International Airport out to the Convention Center in Orlando by the new by the new Universal Studios Park that they're building. Uh, they're going to stop adjacent to Disney. They won't be on Disney property, but adjacent to Disney, and then they're going to book um, over to Tampa, and they're going to drop into Ybor City around the new CO Parkway. So with that. We'll be able to use, like, say, Palm as an east-west connector. Take people. People can walk. It's going to be within walking distance of the Ebor station when they come in on the high-speed train from Orlando to get to the Ebor station. Or we can have a uh, circulator system going from the Brightline station in Ebor City to uh, Palm Avenue to connect with the streetcar system on the on the north end. So perfect, so perfect those, solution to moving people around. That, for those of you who are tuning in just now, we've got Tampa City Councilman Alan Clendenin. And we're talking about growth management. We're talking about the trolley. We're talking about transit. We're talking about all things important. If you want to join the conversation, uh, please give us a call, 813-239-9663. Alan, uh, one thing we haven't talked about, well, two things. Uh, For one thing, I know it's a little bit controversial, but they're talking about uh, pulling those antique cars off of the trolley tracks and putting more modern, faster cars in, number one. Number two is, it's all about money. Um, when we had the one, the penny sales tax money, and and for a short-lived time until the court struck it 
and then we were sort of starting all over, but we had some money that we could do those expansions. Where's the money going to come from now? Well, we'll start with the first part of the uh, question. We've ruled out um, swapping out the, now the old renovated cars are coming off. They're going to be more museum pieces, which is probably what they suited for. They're coming off because the maintenance, there's issues with those. So, but the replicas that we've built, we're going to continue to use those. The reason why, if if you try to upgrade the system to newer, like let's say the, the, the types of streetcars that you see in Europe, mm-hmm. it doubles the cost. Okay, so and we don't so have the money. you know, so somewhere down the line, maybe the, there'll be a time when we modernize. But right now, we don't want to let um, this, the search for perfection get in the way of getting things Good. done. Now, right? Mario, so, we got yeah. a call. We do. In just a couple of seconds, we'll uh, we'll, we'll go to our caller. I had a, a, an observation. Uh, I was in um, <clears throat> Frankfurt. And and I, we were we were out one evening with the crew, uh, coming back from dinner. And I remember distinctly, I was the first time there, so I was gawking at all the buildings and the surroundings, and I was excited to be there. And um, and I stepped off the curb, and one of my colleagues yells at me, "Hey, look out!" <laughs> and I turned in time to see, and it wasn't I wasn't in any peril or danger, but there was a streetcar. Coming at Good me. Good thing John wasn't there. He'd push you in front of me. No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> right away. That's a whole other story. So, so, and it was coming right at me. But it was the it was the quietest I had ever. I didn't even hear the streetcar clickety clack. Nothing. It was amazing. I was impressed. Was, German, was alcohol involved, Mario? No, sir. No, sir. With the other, with the rest of the crew, yes. But uh, I, I'm just. I was impressed. And you know, of course, Europe is a lot older than we are, so they've had more opportunities to perfect this. And and even in the northern states, the Philadelphias, the New Yorks, the Chicagos, they've all had opportunities to, to keep their transit updated well, our, and put it our, in place early. Our time has come. And, you know, the second part of your question was about money. We have a, 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 a state and federal grant that is set aside. FDOT is holding that for us, thankfully. It was going to expire. And so we... And we, the TPO helps control that money. Correct. Exactly. Right. Well, we, we help encourage and, mm-hmm. and, and plan for it. Um, we, we also, there's, there's several opportunities that we're working in with the, uh, the city, our, our mobility department is working, um, to, uh, procure the, uh, other money. We have opportunities within CR, within the CRAs. Uh, we, we have enough money to be able to accomplish this. Now the, the, what we're doing is we're in the planning stage. We had $5 million set aside this, this, um, year from the CRA for updating the studies, making sure that we're dealing with real, like, 2025 money, so we know what we're actually dealing with. We it's have a some, slow process. We, we have, it, is, it is a slow Painfully process. Painfully slow process. Pain, painfully slow process, but I would say we'll probably see a streetcar rolling in about six years. All right. Mario, what do yeah, we, we got on the we, phone? Let me, go to the, let me go to our caller. Caller, we see you there. You're on the air. Yes, thank you. Can you hear me? We can. Yes, thank you. Yes, I've lived south, a little south of Tampa all my life. I wanted to join in this com- uh, conversation regarding growth management. I agree with Ellen. I think the issue regarding transportation is crucial. Um, I just wanted to touch on a few things before I make my main comment. One, your discussion of Brightline, the uh, train that is going from Orlando out. Uh, I've seen Brightline, to me, uh, the state of Florida and generally have not been advertising Brightline. I don't think people really know about it. I don't, understand, I don't think people realize how they can get on it easily. We need a broad uh, educational uh, push in our region for people to use Brightline, too. Uh, I've seen Brightline go by uh, at extreme, you know, pretty fast. And this old train tracks that are going by some very old buildings, beautiful buildings in these little old towns. But um, to me, there, there's concern because... Um, 
I don't know. The safety of Brightline, I think that would be interesting for people to, to talk about uh, the old train tracks and how they've been re-innovated. The last thing I wanted to say was, um, I know Alan was talking about uh, growth management in our area. Uh, a lot of us are feeling the growing pains because we've lived here all our lives. Um, bottom line is potable water. We don't have enough potable water for all these people coming into central Florida. Basically, they're drilling deep wells. And a lot of these little old towns are borrowing $700 million to drill little uh, great big deep wells that are going to have salt in them. Then we're going to have to have desalination plants. Then we're going to have to have a way to have more electricity to feed the desalination plants. So all these little building blocks are going to come tumbling down. What does Alan have to say? Thank you. Well, Lee, Thank you, you for your Lee, call, Lee. Lee, you are well-informed and conversant on all these important issues. Um, and and I think you're right. We tried the desal plant; uh, didn't seem to work very well. I don't think that's necessarily an- the answer. I th- they built a big reservoir, I think, out there in the East County that seems to be working a little bit better. <clears throat> but Alan, there's so ma- there's so many issues and so little time. Grab one of those and go for it. Uh, well, let's see. A uh, growth. You know, I, I'm not on Tampa Bay water. And you, know, by the way, just educational. There, there's two functions here. The city of Tampa. We have. You know our water department, but we're part of these this conglomerate called Tampa Bay Water. It's it's a joint agreement between the adjoining counties to manage our water resources. Our councilman Charlie Miranda is on that board, and he's a he's a huge advocate for water. And I think a lot of what you said is is poignant and true. We have to manage our our resources. I will say that for the city of Tampa, I think we're doing fairly. Good. We're actually in fairly decent shape because we have our own water supplies. We have the river. We have the and we have opportunities. To be able to do our own thing, the regional issues the re- are, yeah, regional are issues. tougher than the Re- Tampa issues. Regional issues are tougher than what we have, so we're we're sitting, we're actually in a good shape, and and the city's doing a good job of managing your water resources. I can report that. One of the things I'm more passionate, something I directly have control over, and it's one of my passions, is growth management. It's ensuring that we grow. My, my challenge and what I'm really working on, and my legacy is, and, and and similar to what what Councilman John Dingfelder did when he was there. Be an advocate for the communities. Be an advocate for the neighborhoods. As we grow, we need to ensure that, you know, we, we're going to grow because we, um, John was right. We're not building a wall around the, uh, the city of Tampa. We, that's illegal, unconstitutional. People are going to be able to come and go from Tampa as they please. And because we're, we're building such a – the secret is out. Everybody knows we have an amazing city. This I've always – for, for the – Almost 40 years I've lived here. I've told people this is the, one of the best cities in the United States. And guess what? Now everybody knows that. So <laughs> way to go, Alan. Way to go. So they're and all Mario they're, did the same thing traveling yeah, around the world. So they're, so they're all coming. We have to make sure that as we build the city of Tampa, and it's going to build and it's going to grow, that we do it in the best way possible to minimize the impact that it has on the people that currently live here. Our, we shouldn't be building the city of Tampa and forsake the folks that are have been residents here, that are, that live here, that have been paying taxes, that've been raising their kids, or that their kids that you know second or third generation. Exactly, that's what I was going at. Campanos you know? that have been and, here and, for a minute, and, and so many. So, I think it's very important that as we do that. Part of my agenda is don't stress out these traditional neighborhoods. We build along transportation corridors. We do smart growth. We do smart development. We build where we need to build, not just where people can make money on building. So, Alan. I think you and I are in agreement on this, not that my opinion matters anymore, but I kept saying I was happy with the downtown high-rises, and we've got a lot of them. I was happy with channel-side growth. I'm happy with some limited and careful growth in Ebor. 
vertical growth, going, ver, you know, going up. You know what's so funny about that? Because part of their discussion is on council. Because we a lot of people a lot vertically. Of, there's a lot of people that stress out about the height. I said, you know, once you get above a certain height, you don't know the difference. Yeah. You know, it, so it's, there's a lot of places that we that we need to go. We need to go vertical. And, and, and also, plus, and also, and again, you, you encourage and, that that transportation and the transit. Exactly. If you build along those vertical areas, exactly. Right? And and you know, it doesn't have to be necessarily you know skyscrapers. Because we talk about these transportation places, we want to encourage transit. We need to build densities, the mid-rises. But then we have to start talking, and this does start stressing out some neighborhoods, and we've had this issues, and we, we just recently, including this past week, we've had these issues. We have to start talking about step-down density. So right now, the what way, does that mean? The, the to, way, the to, way, the, to our viewers Yeah, here, the, way this, the way the city of Tampa has developed is we've, we've got, I mean, let's use um, Henderson as an example, Florida. As an example, you've got this commercial corridor that's single lot wide. Mm-hmm. So you've got these bars and restaurants and, and, and commercial establishments. And right next door, you have a single family home on a full lot. Well, if we're going to develop density, you know, let's say mid-rises, you know, four, five, six things along the transportation corridors, you don't want to go to these and go straight to single family. So there's going to be some penetration in these neighborhoods where we're going to have, maybe we'll go straight, go to duplexes or quads right off of the off of that first lot line of of the, the transportation quarter and then transition into single thing. So I don't want to I don't want to negatively impact as we go deep into these neighborhoods, but if you're living along uh, the Howards, the Armenias, the Floridas, the Columbuses, you may if you're in that first block, you may get impacted by some increased density. You where may one time there may have been a single family house, there may be a duplex next. Listen you know, for the last 30 years, I've lived within two or three houses of McDill mm-hmm. and now Florida Avenue. I think when you go and buy that close to a major boulevard, you probably need to expect that there's going to be some changes, some right. density, some parking issues that you know go in front of your house, and you have to sort of deal with it. But the flip side is, is your walk. Your I was always much walkable to right. restaurants and shops, and, well, and, like you're, and you're going to be able to build those amenities, those sidewalks, yeah. all those things that we can build, and, and bike lanes and things, and, and and parks and everything that come with density. And, and I'm going to read an email that we just got a couple of minutes ago, but ta- tagging in on that conversation, and that's something that is a new concept to us, Alan, because we're still uh, grappling with. This change that's taking place, people that have lived in Chicago, that have lived in New York, that have lived in those cities, they're used to coming out of the stoop and walking two blocks in Europe. It's all over Europe and being yeah, able to get a shop, the dry cleaner. It's all right there. How about the Tampanos? How about your people on the Tampa Native Show? What are they saying, Mario? About? About this issue, about about the, transportation, about growth, no, about about the well, we, buildings. We, a, and a lot change. of us, a lot of us would like to pump the brakes a little bit on it. How do you do it? And well, it's the cat's out of the bag. Alan has said it. You know, we 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 complained for so many years that they that we were a flyover on the way to Miami. That ain't the case anymore. A couple this of super, des- this is destination. Cu- couple of Super Bowl championships mm-hmm. later, the fact that we've got ships coming in every day to the port, and our weather this time of the year is one glorious. of the most amazing airports in the world. No, well, and Joe Lapano's, you know, he's leaving the, his his job now, but his his fingerprints are all over the mm-hmm. growth and and uh, don't you know you don't I'm preaching to the choir here, but this is a you know Tampa Native show host. But I agree, it's it's management of that expansion that's making it challenging for everybody i've next, got an email next week we'll be talking about nimby versus yimby and so tune in next week we'll continue this conversation you got an email Mario. i do it says i would like to ask alan clendenin how he sees the cemetery going forward with the plan is the city going to ensure that the owners do what they're proposing what happens if they decide not to pursue the property as a cemetery by the way 
No one from the cemetery owners or their attorneys ever contacted anyone in the neighborhood to ask their feelings about the proposed plan, Barb Jaskowski. But we need some context here. We're not sure exactly what it is. I I assume it's an issue that was on our agenda this week, which, again, is is something I can't talk about yet. Okay, because Um, it's still in in, the zoning issue. Yeah, it was a land use, and so it's, it's, it's... we okay. just we just had the first with the first um, reading on this. Oh, so okay. your advice yeah. is just to the people that are well, like I, Barbara, I, just stay tuned and, and well, be on the city council. Yeah, you, you know, I, I I guarantee you myself and my my coworkers. I mean, I, I I tell you, I read all the emails. So when if you've emailed uh, the either the inbox that goes to all city council persons, or if you email me directly, um, alan.clinton and at tampa.gov, um, I I read your emails. I don't respond to those emails, by the way, because of there's all kinds of, as, as, as John will tell you, there's issues with that, but I read them all. So I, I take all those into account. You know, it's difficult. Alan, can you at least comment on what cemetery? Because she didn't mention it. Can you say that well, at least? I, I'm assuming there was a proposal to uh, it, it, uh, off of McDill next to the existing cemetery of expanding and, and created another cemetery. Uh, on a, 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 oh, that's Columbus? That's, that's Mar- where Mar- my grandparents Columbus, are buried. Right. That's the Marti Colon Cemetery. Mar- Marti Colon. All right, we well, better okay, not go I'm, any I'm, more I'm there. I'm assuming, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I don't want to, okay. because it's, it's new. I, I, and I apologize I got for you. that. Again, it's, it's we things, got you. things that are still current, uh, we're, we're not allowed to. We have rules. So, Mar- we, we, we have, have rules le- to follow. Yeah, we have legal advice. <laughs> we have, Mario, yes. we got another call, and I noticed that they're calling from Seminole over in Pinellas County. I want to point out that these, even though Alan Clendenna is here with us today from the city of Tampa, all of these issues we're talking about are regional issues. Absolutely. Whether or not you live in Brandon, you got traffic problems. Pinellas, you got traffic problems, growth problems. I mean, it's everywhere. That's the whole Bay Area. So, well, and those Pinellas people come over here to work, so they're 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 getting they're impacted exacerbating by our yeah. problems. Yeah, exactly. uh, what do you got, Mario? Well, let's go and see if uh, our caller. You're on the air, Pat in Seminole. You have a question or a comment? Yeah, a comment. I wanted to say that a couple of things that you guys have said have just caused me to scratch my head. I heard you say Europeans are used to walking outside of buildings and taking, I presume, public transport. And then you also said that Europe is older than us, so they know how to do this stuff. But I would have to call to your attention that much of Europe, major metropolitan areas, were bombed in World War II. So take Germany, for instance, and its public transport. That was all carefully planned after much of the country, um, major cities being destroyed. And so I wouldn't just chalk it up to they know what they're doing. They actually had people that took a very good look at this and probably used, what, Marshall Plan money or something like that. That's a great but point. Anyways, it great is. Point, Pat. Yeah, so, and hey, John Dingfelder. Hey. I was on the, um, you and I were on a team at Booker T. Washington School, you and I and Matt Cutchin and... Oh, my God. In any case, I don't know if you remember that one year you were teaching in uh, Booker I, T. Washington. Two, I, did, I did actually two years of, of junior high school penance. Uh, <laughs> what did you teach, Pat? I taught Spanish right across the hall. Oh, yes, I remember muy bien, muy bien. you. I remember you. I remember you. <laughs> and... Um, I ch- I've reached out to Matt Cutchin. He's, he actually became a lawyer and, and uh, is a JAG lawyer somewhere. But anyway. Yeah, I think he's in one of the Carolinas or something. I don't believe he's in Florida. I think he moved from Wachula. But listen, old home week, I guess, here. But again, I would caution you on thinking that they know how to do it. They got smart people that used probably some of U.S. money, and they did it right. So and, I- and, they, and they made a silk purse out of a sow's ear. I mean, we don't want to get bombed out to, be, to start all over again, but your point is taken. Pat, thanks and, for uh, calling. Us. Thank good, you good so much for you. your call, Pat. Send, send me an email or something. Great if we're, point. If we are getting bombed out, we'd look like Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh-oh. Mario, let's get some more calls. They're coming yes. in fast and furious. I know, and they always, you know, our callers are always, they're studious, they listen to us, they wait until about 10 minutes before the show's over, <laughs> and then they come at us fast and furious. Well, let's see, we've got John in Palmetto. John, I'm taking your call now. Do you have a question or a comment for us? Yeah, I'm one of those fast and furious. I was a reporter, and I covered uh, local government, and I, I appreciate you guys having but your show. But every time I listen to it, there's nothing, zero, really, that addresses the problems. And I heard one of you are a native, as I, uh, and this, and this, uh, when you look at the MTO and you look at what's go where all these things have to go, it's, you're, you're, you're putting patchwork on it to grow more and more and more. It cannot sustain that, sustain that. Not at all. The water is in terrible condition. We have, uh, you know, saltwater intrusion. I could go on. I got a list that would choke you, you know, it's just, and, and you, you just give lip service to these things. And as, if you're not going to put your foot down and say enough is enough, we have to, we need a new paradigm. There needs to be a change that we go through. What because, would you suggest? Well, oh, what I suggest for one thing, uh, we, we need to put a halt to any more mining. Number two, we need to we need to get our, our wastewater and actually all of our water under control, it's in a com complete mess. You know, and 20 years ago, I, I had some of these wastewater treatment plants were clients of mine. And what, what goes on that's still going on is, is ridiculous. The, the amount of plastic that's in our water, the amount of chemicals that's in our water, I could go on and on and on. And, and, and uh, you know, I appreciate you all trying to bring some, you know, some humor and a few things to this, but we're in dire straits. And, you know, you can ignore it if you want, but you talk about doing it. Then the next thing, you, 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 it comes out of, out of what your conversation. All right, John, uh, we appreciate the comment. We appreciate the criticism. And Alan's going to respond. And maybe Mario and I will respond to later. Thanks Go for ahead. your call. Yeah, just um, some of the good news and one of the things that you brought up about the plastics in the water. You know, I was a, a huge opponent to Pure, um, which was a, kind of a, a risky behavior in the way we dispose of wastewater. One thing we're working on is this uh, ionization process of, uh, and it's very promising. We've got a prototype version of it running right now in the city of Tampa. Uh, the uh, Netherlands has uh, has it running up and running in their country. What's that going to remove from the water? Um, the, this, uh, the plastics, the the, plastic? the the plastics. It removes everything. Really, it's really quite it's quite fascinating. They're getting great results. I went and took a tour of it. Um, sp spoke with a scientist. Um, it was a pretty comprehensive. It's looking very promising, and it's it's going to be an inexpensive way. It has uh, very little at this point. It looks like very little downfall to it. It's all it's all up. It's just another step in in purifying the, the wastewater uh, and getting some of this garbage out that we that we're putting in. So there's exciting things happening. This is it's it's running here. In, it's it's maybe up and running here in Tampa, and that is going to be a big solution to one of the big issues that I mean has been yeah. near and dear to my heart. Mayor, uh, Mayor Dick Greco <laughs> speaks to the fact that you know back in the day in the 60s and 70s we used to pretty much dump raw sewage into oh, the bay, and we did and look at the condition of the bay back then. Yeah, and we've come a long so way. Now no we have no seagrass, yeah. tertiary treatment. Yeah. Mario, what do you got? One we more got call. One more caller, and, and and here we go. Kimberly from Tampa, you're on the uh, air with Down and Dirty. Hi there. Um, I was just thinking how it could be any of the cemeteries, like the one downtown or on North Boulevard in Woodland or Woodlawn. Um, I was like, which one are they talking about? Yeah, we don't know exactly what that call was about. But the other cemeteries need protecting. 
I think we've learned, hopefully we've learned that lesson. Uh, Alan, we had a show on a couple of weeks ago about the uh, the cemetery on Florida Avenue and some of the other some, uh, historically black cemeteries. What is what is or what can the city do about that? I suggested, and you could do it, Alan, that next budget season earmark a million or two million dollars as, as seed money to help protect that Florida Avenue cemetery. Well, I mean, cemeteries are have been a big issue uh, since I've gotten on council. The uh, Seminole Hole, uh, the, we're, we're putting fences around cemeteries. We're, we're trying to, because uh, vandalism is a big problem. So we're trying, we're trying to fix some of that. Um, you know, it's, uh, a lot of these issues are outside of the city's uh, control because it's not on city-owned land. So there's a lot of private people that, we're, that are being worked with. Um, but it's, it's something that I don't know of anybody in the city that's not taking it serious. Um, we're, we're working this, it's, it's complicated. The city has taken possession, as you know, over, over a lot of memorial, I think the memorial, which is one of the ones we're working on getting a fence around to ensure that, um, it's protected on all four sides. That issue came up uh, this week at the CRA and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's complicated. There's a lot of stakeholders in the issue and we're working on it. <clears throat> I just want to say before, because we're coming to the rapid close of another one. Yeah, too fast. it goes too fast. We need another hour. Sean, we need another hour. We need another hour. I just want to say, is there a public service announcement? For those of you that are uh, from Puerto Rico that uh, are looking for help with your official documentation, our outstanding uh, state representative, Susan Valdez, her offices are open today, and she is working with uh, those residents from Puerto Rico. If you need help with your birth certificate, with any official documentation, please present yourself in her office today. 2221 North Himes Avenue, Suite B. That's from 9 to 3 p.m. today. I wanted to make sure to get that out. Yeah, that's great. So Susan Valdez, our state representative, does a wonderful, wonderful. job, especially for the Hispanic community. Uh, and What and, a champion. What a fighter. Yeah, we appreciate it. Alan, we appreciate you. Uh, any last words uh, for us today? On, words uh, of encouragement, Al. Come on now. Well, now, you know, honestly, I think... And send it on a top, on a high note. Exactly. I think the city of Tampa is... Going in the right direction. I think this council uh, is is uh, pushing Tampa in the areas that it needs to be pushed and pulling back where it needs to be pulled back. We're we're working on transportation issues. We're working on the issues, the environmental issues, water issues, and I'm excited to uh, be a be a part of it. Well, we appreciate you being here, John Dingfelder, Mario Nunez, and Alan Clendenin to join us. Abe, William Michael, Bill Dingfelder was in the house today from Philadelphia. Mario, you're out. Thank you to all of our uh, callers today and all of our emailers. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week, Friday, right here at 10 a.m. This has been Down and Dirty Spaceship. Thank you for working the board, Irene. Thank you for taking our calls.